0: Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate. Or visit me on Patreon. Thanks! Hi, friends. It's Sarah Mae. And this is a, I guess, a mini-episode um I'm I guess a power up. And it's about self-care maintenance. In other words, building your house right from the ground up. That's my little metaphor for the the episode, you'll see. Um and as with all of my episodes, take what helps and leave the rest because I'm not a doctor or a professional of any kind. I am just a regular person who wants to help. So you know you best. And uh I can't know you as well as you know you. End of disclaimer. So before I go into this episode, I want you to grab a very large post-it note that is neon, if possible, um, because that is an important part of this episode. Um, And if you have it, grab a smaller stack of post-its that are less hyper-color as well. So this episode was inspired by a friend of mine saying in mid-conversation, I'm not too many steps from a crazy person. And we were basically talking about what happens when, you know, you're, you're a little unraveled or you go through some kind of traumatic loss or you're very unsettled, your life feels upside down, you're really overwhelmed. Like, for example, you, you lose someone, you go through a breakup, you lose your job, you um, have a health scare, etc. So that quote, I'm not too many steps from a crazy person, just really resonated with me because it's true. When life unravels, it's really easy and rapid to get to a point of being completely leveled, like where we are grasping, where we have no tools, where we're underfoot feeling desperate, begging, um, reacting. Uh, and we can feel worthless, or we can feel crazy, or we can feel like a mess, like life is a mess, like we fucked everything up, no one loves us, etc. And how we get to that point is usually a cascade of little things uh, that coincidentally intersect and catalyze more of themselves, or it could be a couple of big things or one big thing that kind of tips our balance. And I really wanted to illustrate to you the difference in those two lenses, those two mindsets. In one mindset, you can see a hurdle, or a difficult day, or someone messing up, or, you know, something not going according to your plan, and you think, oh, that sucks, but, you know, I'm going to tackle it. I just have to do X, and then Y, and then Z. I'll have to deal with it myself. The other mindset, you see a hurdle, and you think, really? Again? Why me? Why does the universe hate me? Why is this just the way my life goes? I can't get a break. My life is hopeless. People are terrible. I don't have any friends. I don't like myself. I don't have a career yet. I don't have the income I want. Fill in the blank thing you're striving for. And now this. And then you'd follow that with a week of intense fret about said hurdle and wallowing and depression. And like, chemically, your body will just feel overwhelmed and toxic and angry and all of those things and the difference between those two mindsets is or body sets is everything it's the difference between realities like your world with the exact same ingredients exact same everything can look completely opposite depending on how you are showing up in your body to witness to that life because from one state you can take actions and the actions remain just that there are moments that you move through one at a time in order to toward a desired result. In the other mindset, you are experiencing a whole flood of emotions that feel really painful. And you're experiencing them for a long duration of time. And those feelings are really bad for your health. Like stress and ruminating um, negatively actually increases your risk of heart disease, heart attack, it decreases your ability to sleep soundly, Uh, it compromises your digestive system, like when you're in that state, your body stops digesting, your heart's beating faster, you're in a hyperreactive zone that I called the fuck it zone in another episode. And from this place, that's where life is a challenge, and you are always the victim. Like, keep that top of mind. When I'm in that state... I will always be the victim of my circumstances versus the, in the power position. So it's like when you're in that state, you're like a mouse running around on a crowded sidewalk. Like everything is like, ah, I can't, ah, because you're stuck in reaction. Like you're fighting against anything that comes your way because you have been compromised and you are unable to access your resources, your internal resources, meaning the, the tools you have and your highest, smartest thinking. So this episode is really about recognizing when you start to get into that state of life is attacking me and being able to instead work toward and remember that a state of grace exists. And I know grace is a weird word and it has a lot of different meanings for a lot of different pe- people. But for me, I, I'm just saying gracefulness and presence of mind while you are moving through fire. So being able to take steps in the right direction despite yourself and going through your kind of pre-planned most helpful motions despite the pain you're in. And I like to think of this process as starting with a giant neon post-it note, like a sticky note that you put at the top, like let's say you stick it on the ceiling above your head as you wake up in the morning or maybe it's on your closet door or on your bathroom mirror. And the post-it reads... Is my house in order? So this is just a reminder that we are all made up of building blocks of sanity, and they need to be reinforced from the ground up on a daily basis. Um, and sometimes they just need to be restabilized, especially when one of one or two of those blocks is slightly out of whack. Like that just means you're a little off balance. So with that metaphor, I have a couple specific tools for self care maintenance and kind of reorienting your, your building blocks of your house. Um, So the first tool is I'm going to call it like the post-it place setting. Like think of this as um, your list. This could go on your second post-it note, the list of things that you need to do in order to be able to access your highest thinking and all of yourself like reality in other words. And I call it a place setting because it's almost like you're setting the table. Like I need a napkin, I need a fork, I need a knife, I need a spoon, I need a glass of water. Same goes for your your mental health and your body health. What do you need to do in order to balance your house? You could call this one the balanced house. Um so these are just ingredients you need in your life to have a balanced self. So for example, exercise. Um something you need to balance yourself. What is it? what does it take to feel good and in harmony? Sleep. Um, what are the conditions that set up a, a feeling of balance and okayness in your life? My list would be I'm eating well, I'm sleeping, I'm treating myself nicely, I'm acting as my best self, meaning my actions are aligned with my own personal values. Um, for example, like being kind to others. And also on my list, this is a one. I'm journaling and doing my gratitudes and that is a huge part of what keeps my mental house in order. Although it feels silly and kind of like cliche self-help, it does work. Um, Other things that would go on my list, I am spending time outdoors. I have some ratio of time spent in nature. I'm doing things that reward my soul in addition to fulfilling my responsibilities. Um, my surroundings are clean and organized. That's a big thing that translates into your mental state. So what I want you to do with this list is if you're feeling off or you're feeling overwhelmed or compromised, look at this place setting and say like, what's missing? What do I need to put back in my life that hasn't been addressed yet? Oh, that's right. I haven't eaten lunch yet. Oh, that's right. Um, the house is a mess and I can't, live like this or I haven't been able to exercise this week. That's a huge one that reminds me of the real world, like the way it looks when I'm not compromised. Okay. This next tool is another post-it note exercise. This one's called the usual sus- suspects. So, on the other side of your mirror or on the other side of the ceiling or on the other side of your closet door, I want you to set another set of post-it notes that's like let's say a different color and this is your usual suspects meaning what are the things that tip me off balance that I need to be aware of are just factors in my life so that I don't get wrapped up in the story of what is wrong with life because it's like so easy for us to get stuck in a rumination and just like go down a rabbit hole of like and yes and life is terrible and it's because I'm not successful and it's because I don't like my body it's not it's because I'm not married yet or whatever the story is that like unravels us I want you to keep a post a note of reminders of like these are the usual suspects that tip me off of my balance emotionally and that's That's a way that you can disengage from the rumination and be like, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm getting my period. Or, oh, yeah, it's because I've been really stressed out at work. So what in other words, think of your um, these factors in your life, like um, almost like sicknesses, like getting a cold, like stress. Think of it just like, oh, I got a, a cold and that's why I'm feeling this way oh, I've had a really stressful week. That's why I'm feeling this way. You can think of it like a cold or you can think about it like a chemical substance, like an addiction almost. Like you can think of depression as like a version of an addiction and just how it affects your perspective. So for example, um, think of it just like another character in the room that cannot be ignored as a factor. Um, You cannot... uh, Take that out of the equation, like something like depression, because there is no divide between the way that that character affects your life and you. It's like that, like cocaine, you can think of as like a jittery person who is suave and enthusiastic and then crying on the floor. Um, If you are on cocaine, that is the thing that's acting in your life. It's not you. I hope that makes sense. So the same goes for stress. If you are acting like you're all over the place and you're on edge and you're mood swingy, oh, that's because I'm on stress. Duh. That's one of my usual suspects. So this is really a first stop to look at, like, what are the what are the real factors at play here? Is this really life? Is this really something that deserves, like, an hour, three hours worth of rumination or a day's worth of sadness and overwhelm? Or is this because I didn't sleep and then I spent four hours on the freeway? Eh, it's probably that. It's probably... Just those regular old factors. Ah, it's probably because I did a line of cocaine. (laughs) Makes sense that I would feel this way. It's really about putting in perspective. "Mm, Yeah, there there are chemical agents in my body that are really to blame for my mental state and the thoughts I'm having. And this is a rationale for why I need to not engage with those thoughts. I need to really work on soothing them and passing them so that I can... Act from my highest self once again so that I can see reality for what it is, which is pretty okay, pretty accessible, pretty much just going through a series of actions one at a time in an order. All right, hope that made sense. The next tool I have for you is actually a journal exercise. It's called Benchmark. And this is really, really rewarding and important. And I really want you to do this. So the journal prompt is what is your benchmark for success what is your measure for success what is your what is the bar what is the meaning of success in your life in particular um so i want you to just journal on this question like write an entry about what 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 it will look like to you when you are living a successful life and i mean describing the qualities of feeling and being in that life like. How you will feel, what will be um, experienced by you that will cause you to feel joy. Not the stuff you will have. Like this is, this is not a stuff entry. This has nothing to do with the items you will, can, you will possess or the titles you will possess. Any of that stuff. It has to do with the feelings. And it's important for you to do this, to do this because I really want you to be aware of those. The benchmark of let's say it's like I want to feel happy in my day, I want to feel healthy in my day, whatever it is. Those things are pretty attainable from where you are now. If you're actually focusing on those as goals, you know, like I want to be creative in my day. Those are attainable things. It's the stuff that we chase that we that are unattainable and they always change it's like we're always setting it a little bit out of range and then a little bit farther out of range and then we're setting a little higher one over there and so it's like we end up being like that frozen figure on top of a trophy we're never we're always permanently striving for something else we're never actually successful in today we're never living successfully so i just want you to be clear in your own mind about like what is success for you what makes you feel rewarded as an like a practice in your life. Um, okay, the next tool <laughs> is slow the fuck down, <laughs> or get bored. Um, so when is the last time you were bored? I know that's a weird question, but being bored, something we need to feel. It's like it is the playground before we decide to put something on it, like a handball, like before we decide to pick up a particular game. And a lot of what we are trying to do um, when we are, like, well, we, meaning therapist, Like, when therapists are in the room with clients, what we're trying to do is allow for room for feelings to come forth. We're waiting for something to pop up, like, from the unconscious. And that's how people process things. That's how people move through things that are... Um, kind of stuck inside that, that are holding them back. It's like how the internal world unfolds. And so that means a lot of like waiting, a lot of quiet time. And I think that that's really valuable and important because that's how we confront things. That's how we like feel things that are difficult. It's like we have to allow them to come forth. And I think we, we culturally avoid doing that now in our everyday lives. We avoid having feelings come up. Because we are constantly distracting ourselves. We're constantly running from feeling anything that is less than okay. And we numb and we numb and we distract. And not to mention we take meds. But what happens when we do this consistently is we end up being unconsciously guided by circumstances. Like whatever track we're on, whatever steps are in front of us, that are set up by some external construct. Like we're a hamster. We're basically a hamster. We just end up doing all the actions that we're supposed to do, but we're not very conscious about whether or not we are enjoying that thing. We're not listening to all of ourselves. We need the feedback from our inner selves to know what it is our heart's actually saying and what we actually want. And maybe if we're dissatisfied, feeling dissatisfied is a very valuable feedback from our inner selves. And it means we want change. Wholeheartedly, we want something to change. So if you are constantly unconscious and you're kind of addicted to busyness, then you're just the hamster. You can watch quite a few years zip by without actually stopping to think and feel whether or not you are into what you're doing. Like, we'll just be like, oh, it's inconvenient to feel unhappy. So I'll just keep busying busying myself. Um, But then what happens is the dissatisfaction and the emptiness often shows up as like a health symptom. Like... Or a pervasive mood that we can't cure. And it kind of stops us in the middle of this process of busyness. So for example, you might find yourself feeling lethargic or exhausted all the time. Like you don't have energy to do what you previously, previously had done. And then you maybe start taking meds to, do, to deal with that. Or you might find that you start having panic attacks. Or you might start to feel like you have heartburn. Or your sleep starts to get disrupted. Um, just for... For insight, we process social shame in the same part of our brain as physical pain. so often people will feel serious back pain or hip pain um, or stomach pain or you know before they're able to confront their emotional feelings of hurt and shame. I'm only bringing that up because when you can lean into feedback getting feedback about what's not working and allowing yourself to have empty time and boredom we have the unconscious feelings we have a we have a connection to it we can understand what's going on inside us we have feedback from inside us so i would say be conscious that's the point of this whole thing is, is be conscious welcome feelings of awkwardness discomfort and anger um and don't you know honor them to some extent, because these are feelings that exist, and they force change. When we confront bad feelings, like the the feedback inside us is like, I'm not happy with this situation. Those are opportunities to correct what isn't working in our daily lives. So it's, I would say it's better to confront them and explore them, be curious about them, rather than wishing them away. Um, And this is not about the so I, I want to be clear, soothing your body via consciousness, like mindfulness exercises, breathing exercises is a great and healthy thing. I'm not saying self-soothing is bad. I'm saying unconsciousness is bad. And like when you're, when you're actively um, avoiding and distracting constantly, that becomes the product of your entire life. Like you can take that and translate it to the rest of your life. So the more consciousness and presence of mind and awareness, the better. Those are two different things. Um, if you think about what a world without smartphones and the internet looked like, just imagine it right now. I would picture it as a, an era where there was much more presence and less rushing distraction and busyness. That's just my personal... Yes. But we have, I feel like as a culture, we have yet to really understand the real symptoms of a lack of consciousness. And um, I think it's becoming plainly obvious and just there's a cultural, a pervasive feeling of loneliness and emptiness and depression. So I I think this is a tool that's just a step in the right direction to correct that. Um, All right, the next tool is kind of a uh, not a tool, but it's a no-duh. So talk to someone. Processing is vital to getting energy to move through our bodies. So, like by that I mean reflecting, t- teasing things out, seeing it from other angles, um, understanding a story about ourselves from a higher perspective and not just swallowing it and hiding from it. And so this tool, talk to someone, is just it's really making a case for therapy, whether you're doing that with a friend or whether you're doing that with a professional. If you are feeling like there are hurdles between you and um, y- understanding yourself and kind of being at peace with yourself, know that it's a lot easier when you can you can process, when you can talk through things. Because I know it can be really confusing and daunting um, just to to even conceptualize what therapy is and it's uh, for a lot of people you're unsure of what the work is like and like where to start and it's it's really hard to open up to that process um but just for whatever it's worth as you process things out loud with another person you honor yourself you honor your story you validate your own pains your own perspective you see them as your your actions and your feelings as logical and you can actually mourn your losses more, more beautifully, more heartedly. And um, to do therapy and to, to be able to process with somebody, it it's a beautiful thing to witness as a, another person, as a therapist. And it really takes compassion and openness from you to give yourself forgiveness and support. And, and it's almost like a rebonding to yourself in that process because you... It's like anything you might have stuffed away or blamed on yourself or internalized as, meh, it's okay, I, I can suffer, I don't need it, I, sh- I don't deserve to feel okay about this. It's like we, we convert things into because I don't deserve to feel happy or because I don't deserve X, Y, Z. And when you can process things and you can talk about your past experiences, you can put things into a new context um, and you can also see what is currently repeating in your life, like what's coming up for you in the present. And I think just everybody in general has like something that is kind of a repeat pattern from their, their upbringing or their past. Um, and through this processing process, you can also gain insight on anything that might have happened when you were younger or less mature or less aware and see it from an adult's perspective. And that is incredibly healing because often the logic of a child is desperate and self-blaming. So it's like we get to make sense and forgive ourselves and give our, our, our younger selves like this healing gift. Um, and when you can put your inner files in order, you be, begin to become lighter and you align internally and externally, which is exciting because it's like when you have the tools and the capacity to use those tools and you have um, a lack of fear when looking inward, um, that's a process that keeps going outside of therapy. It's like, it's really about just build, building a toolbox and giving yourself the, just like the, all the flexibility to use those tools. Um, and when we learn about ourselves, we recognize what is happening inside for us. We start to make sense of all of us. And it's great because we begin to align. It's like we align our actions with all of our, our views of ourselves. Our, our true views of ourselves. And we're, we're conscious of those views and we we can embrace all of ourselves. It's a healing process that leaves us feeling strong and balanced and in touch with everything that might've mystified us before. So we go from me and my shitty, stupid things I do to I'm having that old feeling come up. What do I need to do to help myself right now? So I hope this episode is helpful to you. Um, and I wanna say a huge, huge thank you to all of my sponsors. You guys keep me inspired to create. I've had a very challenging schedule as of late, which is changing very soon. Hallelujah. But thank you so much for hanging in there with me. I really appreciate you all. Um, I have so many new sponsors to thank. Uh, huge sponsor on Patreon, Mackenzie. Thank you so much. And Lie on Patreon. Thank you. Thank you. And a new giant donation from Claudia from Italy thank you a bajillion and John another donation from you thank you so much Emily from Switzerland thank you for the amazing lovely donation and Christina via the yaywithme.com site thank you for your very generous donation and a Pokemon lover on Patreon a huge supporter thank you so 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 much I don't know how to say this Pokemon character um, thank you, a bajillion. And Katarina, a huge donation via yaywithme.com. Thank you so much. And if anyone out there has the means to make a donation, it really, really helps me make this show. Um, you can head to yaywithme.com and click donate, or you can visit me on Patreon. I thank you all so much. If you don't have the means for a donation, I totally get it. If you could give me a review on iTunes, that is very helpful. Or share it with a friend who could benefit. So in closing, if you are worried about therapy, I'm still going on about therapy, or if you're curious about how it works, then I would I highly recommend a new book called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. It's a funny book, it's engaging, it's entertaining, but it's also pretty accurate um, to what it looks like to do therapy. It's kind of like the behind the scenes stuff. It's a person who works in, I believe, psychodynamic therapy. That's irrelevant to anybody. I mean, it's It's not my particular style, but like I think for whatever it's worth, you'll find all sorts of different styles out there with therapists. The most important thing is that the person you are working with and the relationship you have with that person feels right to you. Like if you like them and you trust them, that is the most important thing regardless of what they do, whatever their framework is or their theory is. It's really about being seen and witnessed and accepted unconditionally and guided through a process of making sense of yourself. Sorry, I didn't expect to divert into such a therapy-focused episode. Um, I think I'm just uber-focused on it because I um, am currently volunteering as a therapist, and it has me fully in love with therapy. Um, And in this book, there's a quote from Jack Kornfield, who is a writer, who is an author, and he said, kindness is a corollary of self-acceptance. That's that's from that same book. But that quote really hit me because that's so profound and true. So if you find yourself being petty or unkind or jealous, or if you find another person in your life doing that, it's because of a lack of self-acceptance. When you love yourself and you embrace yourself and you accept all of who you are, you, you love others because you have that love for yourself. It's like you be your your personal lens on you is how you see the world and that's true for any way that you see yourself so if there's a dark corner in the back of your soul where you some part of you feels like I'm kind of shitty then that will come up for you when you look at the outside world too you like have a will have a mistrust of other people so I'd say if that is coming up for you in any shape or form I invite you to openly and compassionately self-examine Because kindness is empowering and it feels good. Selfishness and pettiness feels bad. It feels constricting. It's reductive. And I want all of you to feel good and great for that matter. You deserve to be proud of yourself and feel joy on the reg. And you don't have to have a bunch of stuff or a bunch of money or be at a certain point in your life to have joy and feel good about yourself. Like you deserve to have it now because right now is life. That's all life is is right now. And if you if you don't have that feeling in your life right now, if you don't have joy in your life and a sense of peace and reward in yourself, then getting to that point starts with just the simple wish and goal to enjoy your life regardless of what, you know, you attain. Externally. Just the goal to appreciate what you have today, right now. And I know for many of you that sounds really fluffy and familiar, like it's an Oprah-y thing to say. Um, but all I'm saying is if you can set the goal and the goal being I want to feel this way about myself and let go of the chasing and let go of whatever, the the need to be something different, then your life will orient itself and it will change accordingly. Like if we are aimed at something external, we end up unfulfilled. If we target ourselves at something internal, an internal state of being, then we can actually change the way that we're behaving and reacting toward our life. It's really amazing. It's like an untraining process. I did this process myself with body image like a few years ago. And thank fucking God I did. It was like a tremendous waste of time. I was just focusing on the wrong shit. And I just decided to break up with that. Way of thinking. I made it my goal to not care and not measure myself and not fixate on that, and to love and embrace my body as perfect and great now, regardless of what number was on a scale. And it was scary. It felt really like I was like putting myself in danger by doing that. But then now I have that, and like I save. I don't know how many hours a day. <laughs> don't know how many hours a day I was spending on just like fixating and measuring and like all the different kinds of measurements. It's just like a, it's an addiction. It's like a distraction game. So I invite you to break up with that way of thinking about whatever it is that's causing you to feel like I'm not good enough right now. My life isn't good enough right now because it's a huge waste of time and it's not fair to you. But I hope this helps you. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out at yaywithme.com. And I send you my love and my hopes and my well wishes. As always, don't forget to smile.